to ask if you will, if you'll stand with us tonight, we're going to do Chain Breaker, and you're all going to help us out. So sing real loud. Try to drown us out, please. <laughs> been walking the same old road for miles and miles if you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies if you're trying to feel the same old holes inside there's a better life there's a better life if you've got pain he's a pain taker if you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom or saving, he's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker. We've all searched for the light of day in the dead of night. We all found ourselves worn out from the same old fight. We've all run to things we know just ain't right. And there's a better life. There's a better life. If you've got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom or saving, he's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker. If you believe it, if you receive it, if you can feel it, somebody testify. If you believe it, if you receive it, if you can feel it, somebody testify, testify. If you believe it, if you receive it, if you can feel it, somebody testify. you got a pain, he's a pain taker. If you need freedom or saving, he's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker. If you need freedom or saving, he's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker.
good afternoon and thank you for being here on our Sunday night service. Hope that you had a good Sunday afternoon and uh, some of you got a nap and some of you didn't, I can tell, but anyway, hope you don't take your nap during the worship time. Um, in, the turn, in the way of announcements, please uh, remember in prayer Bob Collins. Uh, as most of you know, he's in the hospital and not doing well. We want to continue to lift him in prayer. And who else? John Canardi. John had knee surgery, is, is home and in a, experiencing a lot of pain, so continue to pray for him. Uh, and pray for your church as you go through the process of, of uh, getting an interim and then getting a search committee. Operation Christmas Child, you'll see all that information over there. Then you see the WMU announcement and uh, uh, preschool for our uh, Liberty First Baptist uh, Preschool begins on August the 8th, and they need some uh, things you'll see listed for you in your bulletin. Please keep those things in mind. And uh, would you join me as we pray tonight, pray for the service, pray for the sick, pray for all those who have special needs. Let's just pray that God would open our heart tonight. Let's do that. Thank you, our Father, that we can pray tonight and know that you hear our prayers. Lord, you said where two or more are gathered in your name, there you would be in their midst. So we pray tonight that you'd make us keenly aware of your presence. Tonight we lift before you those who are sick, those whom we mentioned, and perhaps those who need prayer that we didn't mention, <clears throat> those who are discouraged, those who are brokenhearted. We pray, dear Lord, that you'd meet every need according to your riches and glory. Now for this time together tonight, bless our music, bless in the preaching of your word. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. I have a, sort of a praise report. Well, it is a praise report. It's a little bragging too. But um, the, uh, As Robert knows, because the Piedmont Baptist Association helps out, the uh, Senior League World Series is in Easley this week. And our host team is comprised of boys from 16 and under from um, Liberty, Easley, Powdersville, and Pickens. Our boys won their first game 42 today, and a proud Nana of the uh, winning catcher. So anyway, <laughs> we just want to lift them up in our, in our prayers. I told Cole when I texted him, I said, you know, my prayer was just that the team that, honored, that would show, give God the glory would win. I said, so don't let him down. Tell all your team, give credit where credit is due because these are God-given talents that you're using this week, so use them to his glory. And you know, each one of us has a God-given talent. Have we been using it for his glory? There's an Acts table over here is what I'm getting to for that. <laughs> so if you have not signed up, if you feel led to, to uh, be able to help with a class, work with our kids, there's a lot of little things. If, if you work better in the background, there's a place for you over here. With that all being said, if you'll stand with me, our offertory hymn is Heaven Came Down. Shut up, shut up. 
this evening. Their Father, we come out and worship you, their Lord. Bless you again to uplift our names our prayer list to you, their Father. You know each and every one of their needs. Their Father, we thank you for the, the kind weather we're having and the, and the, uh, the atmosphere that you've given us, Lord. We ask you to be with each and every one of us. Father, bless the tithes and offerings we're about to receive. Let it glorify your kingdom. In their name we pray. Amen. I think my microphone died this morning from what I understood, but maybe it won't die tonight. So, all right, turn to Psalms 23, and we'll continue our looking at the 23rd Psalm, Psalms 23. And I'm going to read aloud. You follow with me as we look at uh, these verses. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. And pause to say verse 4 is the crucial verse in 23rd Psalm. It's the turning point in the psalm. Because in verse 4, the writer there says yes to the will of God. Yea. Or yes, and so he's accepting God's will for his life, and it is the turning point in the psalm. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Did you know a shadow can't hurt you? It can frighten you, but it can't hurt you. The shadow of a dog can't bite you. The shadow of a car can't hit you. And so he says, it's the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. Why? For, because thou art with me. Thy rod and thy, thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. And here's our verse tonight. We'll spend the next few minutes just sort of digging into this verse. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Folks are arguing today about all kinds of things. Folks argue about sports and sports teams. People talk, they argue about kind of cars they like or the kind of food they like. We argue and talk about politics and uh, as we move into the political season of the November elections, they get more and more. People argue and fuss and argue about all kinds of things. But the bottom line, what folks are arguing about is who is Lord or who's going to be in charge. Because that one wants to be in charge and that one wants to be in charge. Democrats want to be in charge. Republicans want to be in charge. And so they argue about lordship. When the 23rd Psalm, the issue of lordship is settled, it's done so in three ways. I'm just give you a couple little outlines of the 23rd Psalm. It'll help you for your own reflection. 
verses 1 through 3, he talks about what is so. The Lordship of Christ. Settle it. What's so? In verses 4 through 5, he talks about what is settled. And in verse 6, he talks about what is sure. Look at that little line. Alan, we know, need to know what is so. If it's true, it's trustworthy. And then we need to have some things settled. Because if you get a hold of something that's not settled, it will unsettle you. So we need to have some things settled. And we do that by saying yes to the will of God. The Bible says, Thy word, O Lord, is forever settled in heaven. We need to know what is sure. You ought to be sure about some things and not just think it. You need to be sure about some things. The Bible says be sure your sin will find you out. Luke 1.1 1, 1 talks about the sureness of salvation. These things we have surely believed on. Hebrews 6.19 says we have an anchor that is both steadfast and sure. 2 Peter 2.19 says make your calling and election sure. Well, David was sure about some things because he had settled some things. He had settled what is so in his life. When you look at the 23rd Psalm, there are a couple of things you can take away from this. In verses 1, 2, and 3, the writer is talking on the sheep level. If you look at the 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. So he puts himself in the place of a sheep. And he functions that way through those first three verses. And so I'm glad that we can know him on the sheep level, don't you? That he is our shepherd. And he cares for us as a shepherd would care for his sheep, both providing food and water and protection. I'm glad that I can be a sheep in his pasture. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and know my voice. In verse 5, we can there's a change, and, and the writer then begins talking about knowing him not on a sheep level, but on a soldier level. As a soldier in the army of the Lord, we can soldier for him, not with flesh and blood weapons and not against flesh and blood, but we fight against spiritual wickedness in high places. We fight against sin and Satan and what it does to hurt people. But in verse 6, he makes another transition. So he moves from being a sheep to being a soldier to verse 6. Now he is a son. He's a child. Because a soldier didn't live in the palace. A sheep certainly didn't live in the palace. But in verse 6, he said, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So he makes that transition from sheep to soldier to son. One other little outline in verses 1, 2, and 3, the writer talks about the Lord. But in verses 4 through 6, he's talking to the Lord. I'm glad we can do both. We can talk about Him, but I'm grateful that we can talk to Him. Remember that chorus that we used to sing years and years ago? Maybe some of you don't know it. You're not old enough to know it. Let's talk about Jesus. 
the life, the truth, the way. Let's talk about Jesus. Remember that little chorus? No, even Donna doesn't know that, I don't think. Not sure about that. But it's a great little chorus. Let's talk about Jesus more and more. But I'm grateful in our talking about him that we can talk to him. Now, for the next few minutes, let's just sort of dig into verse 6. That's my <clears throat> emphasis tonight. And there are three things in verse 6 that are just noteworthy that stand out and I believe will encourage you in these days. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. So the first thing that I want you to know is you have a following. Something is following you. Have you ever felt like you were being followed by somebody? When I entered seminary, they gave everybody the standard psychological test, I guess, to see if you're a nut or whatever. If you're a nut, they might let you. Now, I don't know if you're a nut. They, you might fit well in seminary. I don't know. But anyway. But one of the questions that said, do you feel like you're being followed? One of the questions was, do you ever talk to God? Another question was, does God ever talk to you? Well, I can say, yeah, I talk to God. He talks to me. But I can't say that I felt like I've ever been followed by somebody. Maybe you felt like you have. Uh, maybe you felt like there's somebody there who shouldn't be there. We were building a church building on one occasion, a multi-million dollar thing. And I, I mentioned to you one time, I going over there and watching, seeing what they were doing every day. Well, the building contractor was actually a member of our church. He said, Pastor, somebody's in this building that shouldn't be here. And I said, what are you talking about, Gene? He said, I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. He said, I'm just telling you that somebody's in this building that shouldn't be here. I didn't know what he was talking about. That was not very clear to me. And then a day or two later, he said, here's what I think. I believe somebody's sleeping in the building. I said, what do you mean? He said, I think after everybody leaves... I believe there's some homeless person or somebody comes here and sleeps in here. So he said, I'm going to find out. So about 5 o'clock one morning, Gene showed up. And sure enough, in the little underneath the stairwell going up to the second or the third floor of the, uh, of the building, there was a little uh, closet-like thing. He opened that door, and sure enough, there was a guy sleeping in there, sleeping bag. He had a little lantern. He had a little stove in there. He was set up for ever how long he wanted to stay there, I suppose. Have you ever felt like you were being followed? Look at what the writer here says. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And so you have a following, and so do I. Things are following us all the days of our life, following us. Every once in a while, you read about something that somebody did years ago all of a sudden comes to light and comes to surface and embarrasses and hurts folk even now something that happened years ago because that thing was following them through their life you have a following the Bible says that be sure your works will your sins will find you out and you have a following, and so do I. So I want to ask the question, and I ask you to examine your own heart and your own life and look over your shoulder so you can see what it is that's following you. Now, for David, he said it's goodness and mercy. Goodness and mercy are following me. Isn't that a great thing? The goodness of God and the mercy of God is right on your trail. And I can say 
to you and me tonight, wherever you are in life, whatever your walk in life is, that goodness of God and the mercy of God is following you. The goodness of God, just think about that. God is so good to us and provides and gives and, and hands out the goodness of God and the mercy of God. All oh, the goodness and the mercy of God that follows you. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. The Bible says about those who go on to glory, those who go on to heaven, that their works do follow them. You know, it's possible that you can do things in the name of the Lord now that will follow you all the way into glory. You can do things in life now that will bless a generation coming behind you, but it will follow you all the way into glory. It will follow you. I was asked to do a funeral once of the guy who was a deacon in my very first pastorate. I was a student at Furman. And old brother Harold, what a great man he was, godly man. Uh, and uh, Harold's just such a good and godly person. I was asked to come back and do his funeral. And so at the funeral service, I noticed a young woman there. And kindly one of those things where she sort of looked familiar, but I wasn't sure. And then at the grave site, Again, that I, I think I know her, but I'm not sure. After the service, after the funeral service, she walked up to me, and she said, you don't recognize me, do you? And I said, well, I kind of do, but no, I really don't know. And she said, my name is Susan. And then it clicked. Susan had been a little girl in the church that my wife and I would go pick up and bring to Sunday school, bring to Wednesday night Bible study. We picked her up. Her parents lived nearby, and she had some brothers and sisters. And we'd go by there and pick her up and, and everything everything the church was involved in. We'd go get her and bring her, and she was so grateful for that. Very poor family, a little bit socially awkward family. And uh, sometimes she'd come and spend the night with Faye and me. We moved away, and I kind of lost touch with her. And so Susan's standing there. She said, my name is Susan. And she said, I want to thank you for um, for." taking me to church and she said I want to thank you for one night on the way home from church she began to ask me about my relationship with God and there sitting in the car in my parents front yard you led me to faith in Christ and Susan said I prayed to receive Christ she said you remember baptizing me I said I do remember that I said what are you doing now and here's what she said she said well I'm married to a Southern Baptist pastor and he, we're serving in somewhere in Georgia. She said, I've been married to pastor. We have three children, raising them in the Lord. And she said, I just want to thank you for what you meant in my life in those formative years when I thought nobody cared about me, when I thought nobody knew I was alive. You and your wife showed mercy and kindness to me. Well, I thought about that through the years. What a blessing it was to hear her say that, to see how God has been working in her life all those years. Things that I did years ago, I'd even forgotten about somewhat, sort of God brought back, and it was such a blessing. What would it be like when we get to heaven and God says, do you remember doing this? No, I don't remember doing that. Well, here's what you did. Here's how you blessed somebody. Here's how you encouraged somebody. Here's what you did that meant something to somebody goodness and mercy 
will follow you. And your works will follow you. So you have a following. But let's look at this verse in the next line. It says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. That's your future. So you have a following, but you also have a future. Now, I don't know how long my future will be, nor do you. My future might be five minutes or five years. I don't know. Some of you, you may live to be 120. I hope you do. You have some kind of a future. Don't know how long it'll be, but I do know this. When you were born, when I was born, book of Job says, and also the book of Proverbs, God wrote down the number of my days in his book. And I'm going to live, and you will live according to the number of days that God assigned you when you were born. Now that blesses me, and it also burdens me. It blesses me to know that my future is in the hands of God, but it burdens me to know that I have something to do with that future, living it in according to the plan of God. So let's talk about your future for just a minute. I used to have a college student who'd talk to me every chance he got, no Jason. Jason would ask some of the dumbest things sometimes. Just He just kind of wore me out, to be real honest with you, because he was hung up on wanting to know his future. I want to know my future. And I said, Jason, I can't tell you your future. Now, Jason had never been, as far as I know, had never been in a romantic relationship, but he wanted a girlfriend in the worst way. Having gotten to know Jason, I understood why the girls ran from him. I really do. Now, he was a handsome-looking fella. He was about 6'2", and, you know, but he would just... Anyway, Jason wanted to know if he was going to be able to get married, if he was going to be able to have a family. He was so worried about his future. I said, Jason, I don't know, but here's what I want to tell you. You live today for God and tomorrow for God, and the next day, and if you live 50 years, you'll be exactly where God wants you to be. So Jason became um, a, a, worked with the International Mission Board. Uh, he became a journeyman. That means you go overseas for two years and work with our Southern Baptist missionaries. So they sent him to Spain. He was fluent in Spanish. Don't know how he ever picked that up, but man, just he could speak Spanish as easily as he could speak English. So he called me one day from Spain. Pastor Robert, he said, I met somebody. I said, I imagine there's several folks in Spain. He said, no, I mean, I met a girl. And I said, Jason, you signed an agreement with the International Mission Board that you would not date while you were in Spain. He said, I know, I'm not dating her. He said, when my contract runs out, and he knew the exact date, he said, the day after it runs out, I'm going to ask her on a date. And so, the day after he went out with her that first time, he called me again. He said, Maria and I went out, and we had a great time, and he said, she is a Christian, and he began to tell me, and he, now he's only been on one date with her, but he knows her life story. And I'm thinking to myself, does Maria know his life story? I don't know. So they dated he stayed in Spain after his time with the International Mission Board was up. So he called me one day. He said, Pastor, Maria and I would like to come. And they'd, they'd come back to the United States. He said, we want to come by and talk to you. And I kind of had a feeling what that was about. So they came to my office. They said, we want to get married. So I talked with them about getting married. And 
all of it. Maria was a godly young woman, uh, just about Jason's age. So we talked about that. And so they decided, and I'm telling you a long story here because I'm making a point here. They decided that they were going to have two wedding ceremonies. They were going to go to Spain and have a wedding there for her family. Too expensive to bring everybody here. Too expensive for Jason's family to go to Spain. So they decided to have two wedding services, wedding ceremonies. They go to Spain, have a ceremony. They get ready to go on their honeymoon, and Bria says, mm, we're not officially married in my mind until Preacher Robert does the ceremony. She, he said, but we're already married. He said, mm-hmm. Not until Preacher Robert does the ceremony. So they came back and we had the ceremony here. It was a great thing. Jason stays in touch with me. He, uh, in Ocala, Florida, opened up a Chick-fil-A. He did really well with that. Still doing great. So I asked him, oh, it's been six months ago now maybe. I said, Jason, tell me about, tell me about your future. He said, my future is in the hands of God. He said, I stopped worrying about my future and just started trusting God. And he said, you know, the amazing thing is when I stopped worrying about my future and just started trusting God, he said, all that stuff went away. It didn't matter anymore. It didn't matter. So you have a future. Now let me ask one last thing. Look at this. You also have a forever. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. stop and pray right now, okay? Lord, I want to pray for whatever's happening there, that you would be in the middle of all of that, give grace and healing. May your touch and your presence be known. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. what I want to do. Let's just bring this to a close. I know everybody's anxious to see what's happening there. The 23rd Psalm is one of the great passages of Scripture, and I want you to think about your forever to be with the Lord in heaven forever. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Maybe I'll get to come back at some point in the future and finish this. So let's stand together and have prayer and just ask the Lord to be with all of this. Is his name Brian? Lord, we want to pray especially for Brian now that you would be with him, be with the the medical workers. We commit him to your hands. And I pray that you would give healing and health and strength, whatever the situation. Now bless the church as they move forward. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. God bless you.